Hi friends, welcome back. My guest today is Amanda Kuda and we are talking about the dating market in 2020. Finding a partner that you're happy with is challenging. Add on layers of Tinder, Instagram, drunken dates and rebound sex and it's pretty amazing that anyone manages to get into a relationship. So today expect to learn Amanda's best exercises to truly identify your type, how to find a partner who is genuinely good for you, the cheat codes for a great first date, why you keep falling for the same type of bad partners, tips for Tinder effectiveness, and much more. Also, if you are new here, or even if you're a long-time listener, don't forget to check if you have hit the subscribe button. That is the only way that you'll be notified when new episodes drop every Monday, Thursday, and Saturday at the moment. The schedule doesn't stop. It is unrelenting right now. Hit the subscribe button. Go and do it. It would make me very, very happy indeed. Obviously, if you've got friends that are awful daters and completely hopeless singletons, probably be a good idea to send this to them as well. All right, quick maths. The less that your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money that you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce the costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you are improving efficiency by bringing all your business processes into one platform. Over 37 thousand companies have already made the move so do the maths and see how you will profit with NetSuite. Back by popular demand NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com modern right now. That's netsuite.com modern. But for now it's time for the wise and wonderful Amanda Kuda. What are we saying about the combination of blue blocking glasses and mustache at the moment? Um, the they're great. It's good. I like the look. Definitely, it's good. It's that's good how you. What that's kind of blue blockers see, are those? That's, that's how I want to start a podcast. <laughs> I want to start a podcast with barefaced lies that are yes. also compliments yes. at the same time. It's a compliment, but I'm like. How would I respond if I saw you in the real world and didn't know you? You're just some guy out on the street and I'm passing you and you have the whole this look going on. I think I look great. Someone yeah. someone said that it was a little bit of a Freddie Mercury sort of thing going on with the mustache yes. and the glasses. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought a bit cooler than that. I thought like Oasis maybe, but it doesn't yeah. you know it, it doesn't matter. Uh, they're raw optics. So Matt Maruka, the guy okay. from Raw Optics, yeah. will be on soon, CEO and creator of the Light Diet. So yeah. um in podcast I love land. Him. He's nuts. Yeah, in podcast land that may have come out before this or after this. So, you know, just it's like pick and mix. Listeners don't know yeah. what they're gonna get. So um what are we gonna talk about today? We are going to talk about, you know, you've had a couple of episodes about dating in the modern world, but they were, they didn't have a lot of tips. Like how do you actually become a modern dater? How do you actually do the thing? And I just want to jam on what are some practical slash maybe a little out there things that you could be doing that are going to give you a like leg up in the market. A leg up being both metaphorical and physical. Yes, exactly. I love it. Uh, I put a post up 
a little while ago, I think before we knew each other, um, at the start of this year that said true love in 2020 is finding someone that you could date sober. Yes. Do you think yeah. that's true? Oh my goodness. A hundred percent. I mean, you know that I don't drink and that for me is a lifestyle. I don't see any situation where I'll go back to it. I know that you, you say that you might do it every now and then, right? Toggle back and forth. Um, but I don't see anywhere where it adds to my life. And especially in dating, I have seen as a dater where it completely detracts from the situation. And even though it's a scary thing to go out into the dating world saying, I'm doing this stone cold sober, it's actually a hundred percent of value add. What, um, what bad situations have you been in when someone's, when either you or the other person's got drunk or been drinking or that you've heard from your friends? Oh man. You know, I mean, every dating situation from my twenties on was lubricated with alcohol. So up until the time I was 32, I guess every single flirting, dating, first kiss, first time, all of that was all drinking or drunk. Right. And I just look back and I think that's completely unproductive. How did I even know if I was attracted to the person, let alone if we had chemistry or anything? And dating as a sober person is, I well, I don't usually say sober. I say alcohol-free just because it's like a little bit of a different of a brand. But dating in that market has been so interesting. But Why? also still, still bad experiences there. I mean, you have to negotiate are you going to look for a partner that also doesn't drink? Are you going to tell the person you don't drink, which yes, you should. I can tell you a story about how that's turned out very badly. Um, <laughs> and and how do you how do you go into this knowing that you're going to be fully vulnerable and you're just you're just you? That's it. You don't have any sort of um, any sort of social lubricant to break you know break the break the ice. Yes, I mean straight off, everyone that's listening think about the last time that you went on a date sober or if you've ever been on a date sober and I, it just it doesn't count like if you needed to invite a friend to like a child's birthday party or something like that doesn't count right. because you can't no. get when it's like a three a toddler's barbecue or something you're not allowed to drink or it's a wacky warehouse or something that doesn't count um and you, you're totally right like people use alcohol as a buttress for their confidence it's this scaffolding mm -hmm. that they wrap around their lives and i'm totally sweet like if you want to go out you want to use alcohol and stuff to bolster your confidence that's fine my argument has always been and i think will remain to be no matter what i'm doing with regards to drinking mm -hmm. that unless you take a period focus period away from alcohol to actually work out what are my capacities without this augmentation that is drinking, mm -hmm. you you never actually know where your skills lie. It's like being a powerlifter or a bodybuilder or something and always being on a performance-enhancing drug throughout your whole mm -hmm. career, right? Yeah. You've got this performance-enhancing drug. It's making you be better at the things you're trying to do and giving you skills which technically you don't have. And you're like, mm -hmm. right, okay, so do you have those skills? Well, I I do, but they're not intrinsic. They're kind of this weird combination of what I'm capable of doing with the assistance of this thing. And then you think, okay, so, you know, with taking alcohol away, giving yourself the opportunity to actually have to develop genuine confidence to get over mm -hmm. what's referred to in Pick Apart History as approach anxiety, you know, mm -hmm. to actually develop that is a real eye-opener. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I've even dug a little deeper into that more recently. And 
And, you know, I work with women who also are either wanting to quit drinking or they have already quit drinking. And so we have this conversation a lot. And one of the big things is, well, how, you know, how do I go into a date and be confident? What isn't that going to limit my, the dating pool and all of those things? And yes, but it's going to limit your dating pool to a smaller, more attractive group of people in the end. And what that, one of the things that I really dug into is, okay, what is this, like the subliminal message you're sending to your, your subconscious when you go out on a date and you have to drink. And okay. So if you're going, if you're going on a date, what are some reasons you might want to drink Chris? What do you think is adding to the experience? Being honest. Um, it's been so long since I drank regularly and even mm-hmm. longer since I dated. Like, I can't remember. If you held a gun to my head right now and said, when was the last time you went on a date? I couldn't tell you. Um, yeah. But thinking right, right back, it would have been uh, a combination of, I don't know if this girl or date is going to be sufficiently interesting for me to mm-hmm. keep energy high. Um, right. I don't know if I have sufficient confidence. I don't mm-hmm. know if I can get over my approach anxiety. Um sometimes I might have used a date as pre-drinks to a night out when I might have been going out with my buddies as like <laughs> a, a pull the rip cords, like Your warm up. this is, this, this date's going badly. Uh, right. Um, sorry. I see you later on. That was great. And then I'll sneak off to a club or whatever. Um, sure. so yeah, most of those, but I think a, a good amount of it would be improved confidence, um, mm-hmm. getting over approach anxiety, stuff like that. Mm -hmm, For sure. And the most common answers are exactly that. You know, you want to um, be more, be able to speak more freely. You want to have more confidence. You want to feel um, looser. You want to feel sexier, whatever those things are. You know, for men and women, they're probably a little bit different. But if you look at the reverse, the antithesis of that, that is saying, I don't feel my self-worth is good enough that I could possibly reach that feeling of feeling confident, sexy, engaging, um, interesting on my own. I do not feel confident enough in that. So therefore, I need something to help me get there. And if I look at it in that perspective, I don't want to date someone who has that like hidden mindset that they do not feel confident enough that they can have a conversation with me without and be interesting and be interested without a substance that just doesn't bode well for our relationship in my mind. I agree completely. Uh, this This is a red pill that I'm actually having to do a little bit of work to get myself back to the realization. It's like mm-hmm. um, uh, learning that your sleep quality is better when your phone's outside of your room and then mm-hmm. remembering what it used to be like when you had your phone still in your bedroom. And you're like, oh, my yeah. God, I actually used to do that. And it's like I, yes. I, I used to think that um, drinking was just par for the course with right. dating, right. whereas now that, that red pill is so far down me that I can't get it back out. Yeah, no. Well, and to go a step further, you know, one of the things that one of the like really harsh red pills we have to all swallow is that most of our parents didn't do didn't have the ability to give us the tools to learn how to emotionally regulate properly. And this kind of, this might not seem totally related, but just go with me here. So your parents don't have the skills to say, okay, Chris, oh, you're feeling sad. How does that, how does that feel? Not to like, you know, uh, diss your mom and dad, but I'm imagining 90% of our parents didn't do this. They didn't say, Chris, you're feeling sad. I'm so sorry. How does that feel? Where do you feel it in your body? Like, tell me about sadness, Chris. And, or tell me about anger. Tell me about anxiety. Where do you feel that in your body? How does it feel to process it? Most parents are like, oh, let me take that from you. Let me take that pain or anger or anxiety and take it on as a parent. Or let me try and distract you and brush it away. Or let me tell you that uh, big boys or big girls don't cry and you should just stop doing that. So we grow up with this. And then when we reach adolescence, we have to go out and 
learn to regulate on our own. And if we haven't been given the skills to do so, guess what? No worries. Society has a secret <laughs> substance, like a little liquid gold for that. And so you can just drink your anxiety, your fear, your sadness, whatever. You can just take this magic elixir and it's gone. So then you're coming into the world, the adult world with really, really highly stunted emotional growth. You don't have any clue how to properly regulate yourself and your emotions. And I say again, do I really want to be in a relationship, either me coming to the table as that person or me dating the person on the other side of the table that doesn't know how to regulate themselves except for with alcohol? Mm. Not really. Well, I, need no. to, I need to kind of um, wave a little bit of a flag here that it might sound to some of the people who haven't swallowed this red pill yet or haven't gone mm -hmm. uh, alcohol free for a little while. Like we're saying that all of you are somehow flawed and using alcohol as this coping mechanism. What we're saying is that alcohol isn't being used in a conscious way. It's not being used deliberately by you. you. It's not something, and there will be some people out there that just like, you know what it is? I just love a glass of wine. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we're not talking to you. But like, obviously, yeah, sure. obviously we're not talking to you. Um, uh, but yeah, the vast, vast majority of people, it's just not conscious use, right? It's not mm -hmm. deliberate. Alcohol right. use on the whole, forget the dating side of stuff, alcohol use on the whole is just habituated. It's done because it's what you've always done. It's done and it was done then because it's what everybody else did. So you've got right. this weird like mimetic thing going on where it's passed down. My daddy did it and his daddy before him. And you know, like yes. that's how my mommy and daddy met. So I don't know. You're in Texas. I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> yes. No, for sure. I, uh, I, it's not anyone who drinks isn't fundamentally flawed, but anyone who drinks at a, like a decent level guaranteed, you have to believe that that substance is either helping you achieve a desired outcome or avoid an undesirable outcome. And from that perspective, it's not a neutral in your life, right? You're always trying to drink it or, you know, use it to get somewhere that's more desirable than where you are right now. And that's kind of a dangerous place to be. And definitely when it comes to dating. Yeah, I agree. So tell us some of the tips. What are some of the things okay. that we can do? Because we're, me and you both in our 30s and mm -hmm. both single uh you i'm not sure whether you're quite as hopeless as i am but um both very both very single actually yes. hyper in lockdown you're like as single as is possible to be oh yeah yeah there's there's nothing out there there's nobody no one in my apartment <laughs> complex nothing i'm just here i'm just a lady with two dogs talking just into a camera will smith i am legending the shit out of it right now yeah that's what's going yes. on uh okay so give us give us some tips Okay, so the first tip that I, I want to give everyone, especially if you find that you've continued to date kind of the same type of person throughout your history, um, I want everyone to do a really solid inventory of everyone they've ever dated. And that sounds a little time consuming, but it's so important and it's a step that many people don't do. So let me detail what that is. And maybe, maybe you've done it or maybe some people listening have done it, but I guarantee that the bulk of people haven't. So when you do an inventory, I want you to go through and just make like a simple sheet of paper, fold it in half and put on one side like yes and one side no. And I really literally need you to go through every single person you've had a significant relationship with. And I want you to write down the qualities they have that are a yes for you and the qualities they have that are a no for you. And what you can do from this landscape is you can get a picture of number one, what are the red flags, the no's that keep coming up? And I would guarantee if you, you're thinking about it right now, I guarantee you could spot between like two or three people what some of the same kind of no's are or what some of the same, ooh, like those aren't so great qualities <laughs> are. And 
when you see that pattern, then you have to do the really hard work of looking at yourself and saying, okay, what was, what was the crazy in me that attracted that crazy five times? Like, what is the world trying to tell me? What do I need to look at that? I keep getting that same scenario because it's not the guy or the girl. It's me. I'm the common denominator, right? So I'm trying to think about the yeses and the good things. What's interesting for me is I'm trying to do it in my head is many of the things which I have that are common attract attractors amongst mm-hmm. the girls that I've dated also come with some malignant side effects, which are okay. probably linked to the nose as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for instance, I tend to go for girls who are more type A, quite driven. Great. Mm-hmm. Like that's good. It means that we're growth minded. It means that they're always mm-hmm. going to be prepared to do things together. Uh, yeah. On the no side of that, it makes them incredibly disagreeable. And because I'm quite high in disagreeableness, that means that we end up clashing. So okay. you need it's I think a lot of these are going to kind of come as pairs, right? With some of them. And it's going to be, okay, can I try and find someone who has part of the yes, but maybe doesn't have all of the no? Sure, sure. I know that's a really important distinguishing factor, but you also, you can get someone who is high in argument, like arguability, and also just knows how to alchemize an argument to where it's you and them against the fight against this other thing versus you against them. Mm -hmm. And that's a big difference between someone who maybe is just at the next level of, of the type, that type of person you've been dating, right? And you can only see that and see the pattern once you really get clear on, okay, here are all the lovely things about Janet. Here are all the things about Janet that annoyed the shit out of me (laughs) and that I don't really want to attract in another partner. And how can I work through those things that are annoying as shit about all of my partners and ask myself, why am I so argumentative? Is there something that is in me that has to be right or I'm trying to prove myself or, um, you know, I have like this little shadow in my past that someone embarrassed me for being wrong and that I can work through that and be a better partner myself. And then I can stop attracting, you know, this type of specific person. And it's been really enlightening for me. Like my, my specific pattern on the note, well, it's you, you need to do this exercise in a couple of ways. It's yeses and nos. And then it's also additional qualities. So some people, when they make a list of what their partner looks like, it's like, you know, tall, blonde hair, blue eyes, whatever. They're going for physical things. And of course, I'm going to encourage you to go more for, um, I'm attracted to this person, right? Not like this person has to look like this for me to be attracted to them. Can't you just write down, I'm attracted to this person and are they're physically attractive to me and that be enough and that can evolve in whatever way it is in, the, in, in how that person comes to you. But what this does is it gives you this really clear list of who you're looking for and allows you to go back and look at, are there any stuck points here? Because let's say you're talking about, I don't know who, sorry for all the Janets out there because I'm just going to like go down the uh, rabbit hole and dog on we, you. We've already said this before, that if your name is Janet, Karen, or Sharon, right now the internet is a terrible place to you. be. I, I, I watched I watched a video the other day that was called The Karen Pocalypse. Mm-hmm. which was about all of these sort of mid-50s women, mostly American, who've been like re-released into the wild and they're just going crazy, screaming at people. In like, It's always in a supermarket car park against the mm-hmm. security. Um, yes. And then Ben Shapiro last week tweeted, facts don't Karen about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that guy kills oh, oh, that's so good. So, yeah, Janet. Also, Karen, Janet. Yep. So it also allows you to go back and see if you have any unresolved feelings with any of these people. So maybe you look at Janet and you still feel a little lustrous, a little bit of like, oh, what if that could work out again? Or you look at Janet and you're like, Janet's a cold hard bitch. Like I can't, I don't ever want to think about her again. And those are both kind of like personal red flags to me because it says that I'm still either romanticizing something about this person or I haven't let something go because anyone who I feel like I have to talk crap about basically in my life, there's some, there's another thing there that I need to look about, look at. If I can't look at a person with pure appreciation and say, you know, Steve isn't, was in my life to teach me this lesson. And yeah, he did also some crummy things, but I can look past those. Then I, then I still have something to look at there. There's still something that's agitating me about that relationship and just getting all of these things down on a list, reminiscing and deciding, okay, do I have, you know, am I romanticizing this person? Am I making them too perfect? Am I, um, am I making them, you know, kind of more of a devil character in my life? And how can I come to a neutral and how can I take all of the things I liked about that person and say, Hey, perhaps all of these people were brought to me to show me that these characteristics exist in individual people. And that could I just imagine for just one moment that they could all be found in one single individual and, and that that's a possibility for me. And when I go out on a date that I say, you know what, this is what I've said that I want. I'm not going to stay on this track. I'm not going to keep going out with this person unless they meet this list that I have and, and really just holding confidence that that could actually exist because so often we're told, no, it doesn't. Mm, Yeah. I've got something that I really, I've been thinking about a lot recently that I want to get onto to do with that. Before that, one of the things I've realized that I've done in the past is mm-hmm. um, had a relationship or whatever with a girl for a while, and then it's ended either my side, her side, mutual, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Um, but if I've had unresolved attraction towards her, I've then mm-hmm. tried the next few girls that I've ended up dating or the ones that I've been putting groundwork in with. I'm like, they look they kind of seem an awful lot a little bit like the one from before a little bit and uh-huh. when you look at them you're like am i am i am i like just trying to recreate this girl? Yeah. am i trying to find the thing i ha- especially if it's unrequited right especially if it's the sort mm-hmm. of thing where it was finished by the other person you're like yeah i'm gonna f- i'm gonna find her but better it's like better mm, yeah um so that's one thing second thing that i'm thinking about is when you talk about uh putting stuff down on paper first off it's the most effective way to actually become conscious of your thought processes right Always. It's the, the reason why morning pages is such a big thing from julia mm-hmm. cameron it's the reason why uh, morning gratitude and an evening cool down routine are, are important as well hashtag six minute diary everyone knows what i'm on about um a but mm-hmm. it brings up some pretty ugly stuff because if you've never done it before you realize just how big the size of the septic tank is that yep. all of your feelings have been swimming around in, f- festering. There's this weird, like, oily film on the top of it, and you've got to even yeah. get through the oily film before you can even get to, like, and there's lumps in it. Yeah, there's lumps at the bottom. And then at the bottom, there's, like, sludge, and you kind of got to get a shovel out. And uh, it's very uncomfortable, is my point. Like, self-introspective work is one of the most uncomfortable things in the world. And the saddest part about it is that it never finishes. Like you never Mm -hmm. stop doing self-inquiry. 
It's not like, oh, yay, like actualized, off, off I go to go and sit in the sunshine. Like that's not the way, that's not the way it works. Um, Isn't that the exciting part about it though, that you get to keep, you don't just like get to this level and you're like, okay, I think that's exciting. It's a, it's a bit exciting, but to me, it's also a little bit like a, an infinity game of pass the parcel. So you pass the okay. parcel and you unwrap it and you're like, oh, yay, like did a little bit more self-inquiry there, like one one level through. But you never actually get to the parcel. There's no parcel. Yeah. There's just wrapping. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. You're like <laughs> 70, 77 years old, having meditated for 50 years and, and done all the self-inquiry in the world. And you're just looking at it and you're like, I've just got more wrapping paper here. This is just, I, someone said there was a parcel inside. So, but yeah, that's, that's that final thing. My final little train of thought that I can close is, um, from the Daniel Sloss podcast I did. Daniel's a Scottish comedian, very famous, mm-hmm. been on Netflix and HBO and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. um, he says something similar to what you've just said, which is, I have standards that I want my partner to meet. Now, the mm-hmm. problem, and this is something I'm going to put to you, the challenge that you have is most people's dating that I see, or a lot of people's dating that I see is done unconsciously. Mm-hmm. More, more people than don't, as far as I'm concerned, choose to be in a relationship out of a fear of being alone rather than a desire to be with the person that they're with. They sure. choose something which is the closest proxy to a person that will make them happy rather than the person that they actually want. They're like, ah, yep. yeah, yeah, you look, you look about yeah. right. Like if we, Mr. Good enough, if we like just tap that down a little bit on the top and get enough if i ignore this part of your personality and if i forget the fact that i've got this level of either attraction or unattraction to you and this that and the other um but the, the the implication of that is that if you decide to set these standards out if you take the red pill and if you decide mm-hmm. to become fully conscious of all of these different things the likelihood of you finding somebody who meets all of these fully aware criteria that you have mm-hmm. starts to go down quite sharply for sure yeah okay so many things to cover here let me wrap let me wrap back around to the start of your comments oh yeah slam that down um the the first part is you know reattracting the same type of person because you're trying to find a quality that you that you lost that you felt was like just unrequited in another person and i have a couple of things there so one of my mentors um gabby bernstein she says show up for what's up or it'll keep coming up and it's just a reminder that you got to clean up your side of the street to stop, you know, stop attracting those things that are undesirable or that are repetitive patterns. But also sometimes you just have to, I'm going to get a little like woo woo here. I don't, I, I'm a meditator. I know you are as well, but like a really specific thing you can do in that, in that situation is do some sort of a cord cutting meditation where you just sit and you, you envision the two of you going your separate ways peacefully. Uh, you could like you know, partner that with some sort of affirmation. Like I am willing to release this person and the hold that they have over me in my heart and just help me to release this like burden or this like tie I have to this person because it's not productive for you or for them to, to have this like emotional bond left. And you don't have to call them and say, Hey, I'm over you. (laughs) You can, you can do that work within yourself to release it. Right. You don't have to have any contact with that person. And it feels so freeing when you're no longer chasing that quality or that person in someone else. Like, it's just this weight off of your your shoulders. 
Um, so, so there's that. I would just definitely recommend for anyone who's going through that similar situation where you're kind of stuck or hung up on someone or some a characteristic that someone had that you can't seem to replicate anywhere to do some sort of like cord cutting meditation. You can just Google it and find one that you'll be guided through and it'll be great. Um, okay. The next, the next thing you also mentioned, you know, having high, like just too high standards, I guess. And I, I get it. Like I do, like you start to make this list of, of who is your fantasy, like Prince or Princess Charming, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like in your world. And it starts to become a little unrealistic. And yes, you do you may have to make some compromises of, you know, okay, so the person doesn't have to look exactly like this, or maybe you start to get more broad because here's the thing, our little like creative minds are not as creative as the possibility in the world. So what I think right now that I want, I could be completely, I, that could just be part of some like weird elaborate Hallmark fantasy that I, that I've created. Right. And there could be so, so much. Yeah, there could be something way better out there, but I've put myself in this little box of this is exactly the person who I want to have. So you also have to like give the universe and like the powers that be some sort of creative, you know, uh, creative license here as well. Yeah, the number of times that friends that I know have quite prescriptive ideas about the sort of person that they want. I always want a girl who goes to the who's like in fitness or I want a, a guy who's real tall and dark and handsome or whatever it is. And it's the, the female artist or the, the dude that's actually like a low key guitar player. That's only five foot 10, like mm-hmm. that comes in and they're the ones that absolutely annihilate them because they completely break down all of the preconceptions that they had. Um, mm-hmm. you're, I think almost one of the reasons that we like to keep going for people that are similar and almost it's a, a failing of the, what's your type? question mentality is that you know what you're in for you would much sooner be unhappy in a familiar way than risk being incredibly happy with something that's new because the coping mechanisms that you need to deal with the breakup of the new thing require an awful lot more learning you're like Mm -hmm. i i I don't know how to deal with the breakup with the artist girl like I was great yes. at dealing with the breakup with the fitness girl, like because yep. I, d- I did it five times. Like she yeah. was easy, but this one's got charcoal on her hands, and she wears a beret. <laughs> and we used to go to art galleries <laughs> together. And you're like, oh, okay. So I think again, a lot of that, like this is again what we're saying, like self inquiry. It's just this never fucking ending vortex. Of like playing past the parcel and you think yeah 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 i got it there's my biases gone and you're like nah mate nah, you're so wrong no for sure it's always it's always another you're i'm always learning something every person i date i'm like wow i didn't know that i wanted that or i didn't i didn't know that that bothered me and it's just this ever evolution but that's another thing like always anytime you date someone add back to that list of of qualifications because you always get something new that you're like whoa, I really dig that about, you know, this person and how they did that or how they got on in the world and like keep adding onto that list, my friends, because it just, unless you have this like long list of things that you know you like and you know that you're not that into, you're going to go into the next situation and then you'll start to like, oh, well, but, or you'll forget, you know, there was this one little thing that is kind of a deal breaker and it's just so good to have that, to have that standing. But, um, 
in in context of dating today, you know, I think that looking at that from the dating app perspective is really interesting because then you're just given like this visual portfolio of someone and you start to really rely on what is my type? Who is that person? And I think that it's really convoluted the dating game in a really shit way. Do you use, but, have you, have you been an online dater? I mean, I, it's so weird when people ask that question, but I felt compelled to, I don't know why I even asked it. Like who that's single hasn't used Tinder like for sure you know also is tinder all you use there in the uk do you guys not have anything like higher caliber like bumble or something Um, or do people just not use that so i was seeing a girl about two and a half years ago and Mm -hmm. someone made a fake profile of me on bumble okay she was adamant absolutely adamant that it was actually me and my response what yeah and and i was like look I'm, i'm telling you i'm telling you that it's not um, sent her a, like, swipe down from the top of my applications. I was like, look, if I type in B-U-M, nothing comes up, which was fortunate because mm-hmm. it could have been like Amanda Great Bum 2019 or something <laughs> like that. Um, I was like, look, I don't, I, I don't have the app. And she was still adamant. And I was like, right, okay, you've decided to push the button far too far. So I, I was just like, look, you're going to make yourself look really stupid here. And then just became scathing. That one situation, it was maybe a, like a five minute spearhead. And then the subsequent, like two or three days of it, of it burbling down and her realizing that she was wrong. That was attraction over for me. I was like, yeah, there you go. Five minutes. You killed it. I'm off. See you later on. Yeah. Thanks for saving me some time, sister. Um, No, yeah. So like hinge, hinge and bumble and and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. They they are on over here. What's the, what's the premier? What's, what's like the gold standard dating app over in America? You know, I would say it's probably bumble right now. Just they're, they're the hot one, but you know, the, the brand of Tinder is definitely more hookup culture. So that's not what I even play with. But I think that no matter where you're using dating apps, I, I used to, I went into it with a really bad attitude for the longest time. And you know what, when you go into something with a bad attitude, damn straight, you're going to get bad results. So I would love to share some tricks that I use to kind of like game the system and use all of these things more intentionally, because I guarantee if you are disciplined enough to put some of these things into practice, that you will get much better results off of whatever app you're using. I want, even I want Tinder. Tinder discipline or Bumble discipline. That's what, that's what we're here for. Okay. Got it. So, all right. So in terms of, I want to talk about a few things. I want to talk about your profile. I want to talk about some rules for engaging with people. And I want to talk about actually your rules, like some rules for using the app itself. So the first thing is, you know, if you look at a Bumble, a Tinder, whatever, it's like a social media game, right? It's an endorphin hit the entire time. And if you let yourself treat it as that, it's that's all you're going to get in results. It's always going to be just another Instagram, another Facebook, another whatever, you know, game you're playing. And how many times have you sat down before you get to get on Bumble or you get to get on Tinder? How long, how many times have you sat down, you just like closed your eyes and meditated and said, you know, let me think about the partner who I want to like call in on this app or who I want to meet. Let me think about who that person is. Have you ever done that? Have I? No, I haven't. No, it usually it's for me. It's when I'm bored, you know. Yes, or, it's a or when I'm, Yeah, or when I'm somewhere new, because obviously mm-hmm. I'm far I'm far too much of a cheapskate to pay for Tinder Pro. Um, so, for sure. Like I'll go somewhere. I'll go somewhere on holiday and use up a hundred swipes a day of like trying to. I'll be like, oh, this is interesting. Maybe she'll go. And to be fair, in my defense, it's worked out really phenomenally for meeting cool people. So mm-hmm. I've made a f- a fantastic friend 
that I'm still mates with two and a half years later from Iceland when I was in Iceland. Um, I mm-hmm. managed to get backstage in front of a quarter of a million people on the 4th of July in Nashville with Brett Eldridge this nice. year because, yeah. because of Tinder. So it's okay. not like it's, I feel like now that you've, now that you've given the hierarchy to it, I feel like I'm, I'm a, like all seedy down here in the mud it's using Tinder. a little bit. Well, I, look, I didn't know. I th- okay. Anyway, um, so well, here's the thing though. Like, if you're going on Tinder, if you're going on any of these to like make friends real quick or find a hookup or whatever, you know, that's a different intentionality. But if you actually want to meet someone who's dateable, who you want to spend some time with, like, wouldn't it then, you know, make more sense to sit down and say, okay, this is my five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes a day. I'm going to devote to looking for someone who I want to date, rather than I'm watching, you know whatever on Netflix and let me pop this up so I can like Sweeping, scroll through screening or screening through. Yeah. Well, I mean, in my defense, yeah. on, on those examples, in my defense, I was just looking for backstage tickets to Brett Eldridge. So sure. that, that, that worked out fine. That was one for one yes. successes. Yep. But yeah. And again, like I think part of the uh, transactional nature and the easy come, easy go way that these apps are done. And also with kind of like young hookup culture and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm the intention isn't there for most people to use it properly but if they actually ask themselves like why am i on tinder like if you want to hook up it's in terms of a time investment perspective it's significantly quicker for you to just go on a night out in a club mm-hmm. after midnight like you'll yes. pull far more easily that way if oh, that's sure. what if that's what you're after so if you're going to put your time in on these sorts of apps you're right it makes sense to be like right okay so why am I here? Why am I, why am I bothering to even spend my time on this? I have everything else in the universe that isn't a dating app to be doing with my time right now. Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Yes, absolutely. So if you, if you instead set a time, especially if you're into productivity, right? You know, if you set a time, like this is my, this is my time to look for a partner. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to put it on my Google calendar. Up, do it. Set it up on your full focus planner, my friend, set aside your time. And, uh, and, and instead of like doing it in the grocery line, that's just passive, you know, time pass. It just doesn't help. So I'm not saying like this is the end all be all, but I'm just saying when I do this, I get much better results because I have said, this is what I'm showing up for. And this is what I expect to get. And it's just kind of like manifestation magic. Like you, you, you get what you are, are, are game for. So um, be a little more intentional about the time you use. And also when you're getting on to respond to things and when you're not, um, when you're checking your messages, it's just like with anything, Instagram or Facebook can become complete waste of time and just like mindless activities that you do. And so can a dating app. So get on at five o'clock and this is when you're responding to messages for a while until you switch to texting with someone. And then that's a different relationship. So that's my like number one rule is just be intentional about when you're using the app and what you're doing because mindless activity gets you mindless results. And, you know, if you're there for that, that's cool. But if you actually want a high caliber partner, you're not going to get it with just like randomly swiping. Cool. What's next? Okay. So, oh man, I, I just feel so I need to teach people how to set up a proper, proper profile. I don't, I maybe I'm just looking at the men's side. Of course, I only get to see men's profiles. They suck. They're really bad guys. What what are the key uh, mistakes that guys make? All right. 
So guys and girls make these as well, but I'm, I'm, and I've looked at plenty of my girlfriend's profiles who are doing this as well. So girls like, listen up, this is something you can improve on as well. But first of all, you get six pictures, right? You have six opportunities to show someone else what you look like. And I have some pretty strong rules for myself of what I will put there. And I think the other person should have that too. So let me tell you, I'm going to sound a little crazy, but it works. Let me tell you. Um, first of all, no more than one picture where you can't see your full face. So that means sunglasses hat or um or you're far away so you can have you can have a picture of you with your sunglasses but that's it you cannot have any other picture where you're hidden because i know i need to know if i want to meet you in public then i can pick you out in a crowded room i don't want to be like oh is that chris i can't tell because he had is sunglasses that, that the on equivalent for like dog filter snapchat no dog filters. filter no filters no filters. Right, okay don't yes you cannot use any filters like jesus please the girls you are the worst at this like no flower crown just be like a picture of yourself for god's sakes it's that a, hard it's that, doing the flower crown or doing like the dog photo is making a profile for your girlfriends to see it's like no unless you're unless you've selected like i'm interested in women like yes. what, what do you yeah i get it I feel like, and I feel like for guys, like stop reporting that behavior, make that a hard left. Like don't even acknowledge <laughs> yeah. it's just so frustrating. Who cares? Like get your Snapchat filters out of here. Um, so basically five of the six pictures need to be where I can see you full body. That means I don't want five pictures of you and all your bros because then I'm trying to figure out who you are. How do I know which one of you are in there? Right. I'm zooming in. I'm like, which one is he? Um, they all need to be within the last year. Um, you need to have at least one that's like full body and not like, you know, you don't have to be like showing off your body, but tour, at least I can see the rest of you. And, and so, and then also only one action shot. So great. You're an adventurer. You go on tons of vacations, but you're like a little blip out here in the snow in a snowsuit that cool. Like, I'm so glad you're an expert skier, but I can't see who you are as a person. You could tell me I like to ski and I could make that picture of any person in a snowsuit a million feet away in the snow, right? I don't need your visualization help. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's how we set up our profiles. We've got, we've yeah. got our little rules for, for photos. Um, you listened to the episode I did with Rob Henderson, didn't you, about yeah, the difference yeah. in conversions. So anyone who's listening who didn't listen to this, go back and check our episode with Rob Henderson on the uh, evolution in the date, modern dating market was like so good. Um, and in that, he said that essentially girls swipe right about one in eight to one in 10 times um, mm -hmm. and sometimes can go through entire periods, like entire batches of work on Tinder or whatever without even swiping right once. Whereas guys tend to swipe uh, in the opposite direction. They tend to not swipe like one in eight to one in 10 times. Mm -hmm. um, sure. The difference in conversion for guys is if you have a bachelor's degree in your bio, you'll tend to convert at around about 20% better. And if you have mm -hmm. a master's degree in your bio, you'll then convert at another 20% better as well. Which, right. and that's like, this isn't me right saying that girls only go for guys who are educated or are wealthy this is facts don't karen about your feelings okay do not karen about your feelings also i would posit that women put more effort into their profiles right they are putting so up better pictures. much more and so i Shit, I'd, I'd much rather go through a woman's like profile than men's because I get something like visual to Listen, see. Where work, yeah. 
Yeah. And so put in the work, I guarantee that statistic would change if the men were putting in more work into getting pictures. And I get it. Like it's uncomfortable to take, take photos. You, maybe you don't have a ton of yourself, but you have a friggin' high caliber camera in your phone. Everyone has it. Like ain't nobody using a flip phone anymore that has a shit camera. Like everyone has an HD camera in their hand, set up a self timer, figure it, figure it out. You can take a selfie. You can take a picture of yourself. Like those pictures can be created if you do not have them. I think, no so I'm going to, I'm going to put a, um, a couple of caveats in as well from some stuff sure. that I've, I've picked up over the years. Yeah. Um, if you are a guy it's a fairly good idea to have at least one photo where you're in a group that has other girls in and make the girls at least moderately attractive. The reason being that you want to look like a well-rounded guy, one you're signaling, I am someone that other girls want to spend time with, not Mm -hmm. some total weird freak. I think Mm -hmm. you probably need to have a top line barrier of maybe 50% selfies. Like ideally you don't want to look like a mouth breathing basement dweller who has to right. take has to take <laughs> all their own photos um for sure so you know like get you just if you've got the full frame thing even if you like you say if you've kind of mess around with the um with the self timer and like just prop your phone up with some books at yes. least you can you can fake having friends yeah um so <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's important yeah, that's all no, that exactly. matters i'm friends with these books okay so we got we got um the intentionality and the pre the pre-bumble meditation, uh, we've got the the guidance on um, setting up your profile. What's next? You know, the other thing that's frustrating is just the communication factor and how unintentional some people are. And I'm sure you've had plenty of outreach on, you, you know, either Tinder or Instagram where someone just says hi, right? Or they, or even worse, like a passive like where they just like thumbs up a photo and expect that to be enough to give a, be a conversation starter. And I know girls are just as bad as just a gift from girls is the one. Like if I get, if I get another one, because I don't watch friends, I don't know who any of the characters are, but there's like some, some guy from friends or some girl from friends or something. This like famous friends gif, like how are you doing or something that's written below. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh And, um, like, there is an entire internet of gifts out there. The fact that I've received that gift so many times that I can recall it means like that, that gift is now outlawed for the rest of time. Yeah. Yep. Hear that ladies. That's not the way to Chris's heart. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so passive. And if you wanted to meet someone organically at the grocery store, you would not exude that kind of behavior, right? You wouldn't just go up to them and like, smile or randomly thumbs up and that would be super creepy you would say hello how are you or you say hello have you tried this quinoa before you know you'd ask them a question <laughs> that's like relevant to the situation you wouldn't you wouldn't just stare at them and like, like yeah hello hello do you know where do you know where the feminine hygiene or the erectile dysfunction <laughs> aisle is Maybe not that one, but yes, something something in that vein. Yes, ask good. Ask a question. So same thing with a dating app. Like ask a stinking question. Ask a question, and not like, not something. You know, I have. I'm not going to give away my best one because I sell that to other people. But there are some really good questions you can ask that are open ended that get to like, I care about you. I either read your profile. I'm ready to engage with you. But it's just so frustrating when you get a hi, hello. I'm not even going to try. I'm going to put the ball back in your court because I don't have enough, you know, confidence or time to actually start a conversation with you. So always start a conversation, ladies and gentlemen, both of you. Yeah, I guess even if you if you don't ask a question, the implication of you just alerting the other person to your existence is mm-hmm. this is now a job for you to do. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's it's just putting, it's making the other person work super hard. So like, give us a, a, a I'm going to use the leg up. But throws, it, throws a fucking bone here. Throws a yeah. bone. Yes, you got it. You got it. Okay, what okay. next? What else? So, so those are like the, the main rules for just like navigating the dating apps. The other things that I like to put into place, this sounds like I'm like a badass and have like all these rules, like you're never going to get past the stone wall here, but that's <laughs> not true. I'm just very, very intentional. And the other thing is when you actually are going out on dates, and I've seen so many people like really screw this up and do this a very casual way. So I'm going to tell you, I have a three rule date and that is nothing to do with sex. It is this, there are three dates. You have to go on three dates that are actually like meaningful dates where you get to know a person. And I actually like to look at them more as like a meetup because if I'm just meeting you for the first time, I don't know if I like want to date you or go on a date with you. If I met you on a dating app or even in the grocery store. So can we not just look at it as we're going to have a casual, you know, hang out where we decide, can we be friends? And for me, that looks like you have to be able to hear the person. So you have to be at like a coffee shop on a patio or on a walk. A walk date is my like top one favorite date all time. Like, can we just go on a walk, like move together and also have that way, like silence isn't uncomfortable. It's just so much better. Like walk dates are my jam. And so many people, especially like to go back to the alcohol conversation, it's let's meet for drinks. Okay. So let's go to a bar, a happy hour, whatever. And it just completely convolutes the situation. Not only the fact that you're drinking, but more of the factor that you're in a loud environment where you can't hear the other person. You are overstimulated by everything that's going on around you. And if I want to know, if I want to have a long-term relationship with you, I actually want to sit down and get to know you a little bit. And so my first three dates can never be bar, concert, movies, comedy show, anything that's like raucous around me. Like I need to have like concentration and be able to have a conversation with a person. I love it. I, 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 I can that? just see, I can just see the, uh, or hear the uh, discomfort coming from a lot of people who think, well, yeah, like that's, that's all well and good, but like, you know, that's, that just sounds a bit sort of lame or boring. And it's like, okay, so what you're saying is the people you choose to date, are so uninteresting that you can't bear to be around them without something else to entertain you. Well, no, no, yes. no. It's just no. That's that's. If yep, you, that's exactly what you're if saying. If you have if you have a visceral response at the moment to the suggestions that Amanda's making, that you shouldn't have this kind of hyper uh, hyper stimulated, hyper normalized uh, environment where there's loads of stuff going on. And if you've got it's kind of just below your breastbone, kind of just above your stomach. If there's like a bit of a hot feeling there, and you're finding yourself swallowing a lot, that is because it's triggering you, and that means that there's a little bit of something for you to work on there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, you know, you have to look at have, and of course I've had my days where, you know, those were the fun days and those, that was, that was my twenties. That's great. And if you're still in your twenties, like just don't, you know, write this down, listen to this in a couple of years and you're, you're going to thank me so <laughs> yeah, much more. Yeah. Come back to this episode, pin it, flag it, do whatever. Yeah. But so if you're, if you're in your twenties, just go have fun, screw around, do whatever. Um, you deserve that time. That's like your rite of passage to do all of that. But if you're in a point where you actually value your own time and you want to have a meaningful connection with another person, you, you can't do all of these other things that just signal transaction, right? And that's exactly what any of these dates signal is, okay, I don't, I don't find you interesting, or I don't have enough faith in myself to be interesting that we could go do one of these other things where we're a little less like stimulated around us. And frankly, 
a walking date, there's plenty to stimulate you. You're going to pass other people. I mean, obviously you have to live in an environment where that's, it's warm enough and whatnot, but you're, that is the ultimate stimulation. You have things all around you to talk about people you're passing that you can comment on. It just gets your brain moving. I think that I wish I could like trademark the walking date. The walking date's walking date's a good idea. Yeah. I like as yeah. well. There's in I feel, I sound like someone who's just lived and breathed Neil Strauss's the game, but the only references I have from the guy's side, there isn't an equivalent for guys of a holistic approach for dating as there is for girls. There's there's just pickup artistry. If, at least if you're my age, now there is some slightly more good stuff. And I'm going to give you my number one book, guys, for uh, uh, dating advice at the end of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So stick around for that. Um, uh, but there is a common held uh, piece of advice in dating that you shouldn't sit opposite each other if you can. You should try and sit at a right angle. So you should try and sit mm-hmm. adjacent because yeah. it is less confrontational. It means that you're both moving in the same direction together. But the walking mm-hmm. date is actually even a step up from that, right? That you're kind mm-hmm. of with the person turning to them and then kind of going back to the front and then turning to them and going back to the yeah. front. Yeah, oh, I like that. Yeah. A little bit of CBT going on for you there. Uh, okay, yeah. so what, what we got walking date. What else? Uh, my dog is about to howl in the background. I'm sorry for any of you. He's taking a nap. He just woken oh, up. <laughs> Yeah, it's a him. Okay, so walking date. Um, you know, I think, oh, and then really, really being clear at the end and going back and and reviewing kind of the date that you were on and what you liked about that person and what you didn't. But even before, like, let me wrap back around to before the date. I know that um, you kind of alluded to the fact that some of your listeners, and I agree, are probably thinking, oh, well, that's really, you know, what if, what if I'm not, you know, able to talk to the person or what if I'm not interesting or they're boring and all of these things, I, you have to hold in your heart that the person that you're meeting across the table, if you're going to take a chance to meet with them, that that could be your potential partner and you have to treat everyone as such. Like that is another thing that's really helped me level up, especially on dating apps where it's really easy to say like, oh, they could have just been really good at marketing themselves. But now like, ugh, I have to go on this date with a stranger. And it's and when you go into a date with that mindset, you automatically project it to the person. You're automatically held back. If you can just go in there and imagine for a second, like, yes, this could be my person, but not in like the crazy way yeah, where yeah, not the buddy by the way. Crazy. Yeah. But but that you're treating them as if they could be your person. You're not um holding a grudge on them that you had to meet them on a dating app or holding a grudge that um this is awkward or whatever it is that you're like really giving it your all and you want them to feel loved and appreciated on in the conversation so that's two uh infrastructure based pieces of of advice that kind of link in with what Mm -hmm. you just said there that i've got for guys and girls which Mm -hmm. is if you open the funnel in instagram or on a dating app your first goal should be to get them off of that and into WhatsApp as quickly as possible. Like if you get past the, obviously presuming that you think they're sufficiently attractive, they're sufficiently interesting, like Mm -hmm. get them off that because the platform that you are on is coloring all of the interactions for as long as you're the Tinder girl, it, Mm -hmm. you can be, you can be like the, fittest most interesting elon musk in incarnate in female form level of intellect girl on the planet but for as long as you are on tinder you're in the gutter yep. mm-hmm. uh, so get yourself out of that as quickly as possible for um, sure and with that like this sounds so bad but you need in my opinion you need you need a scalable option 
to be able to get yourself off that sort of a platform. So mm-hmm. come up with come up with a script. Come up with a funny little joke. I've got mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say it because then when I when I say it to, well, like, you know, Same. what I mean, um, yep. Uh, see, this is the this is the thing. There's only there's a level of transparency that you get on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I always said I was going to be truthful with you, but I didn't always say that I was going to be completely transparent. Um, <laughs> uh, but you need to just have a thing, and it's like just use that. Like mm-hmm. if you, if something comes up naturally, and you're like, oh, I really think that I should tell you about the best coffee shop in this. Let me pin you the location on WhatsApp or whatever. Like kind of, but it's just it seems so contrived, right? Like just come up with the script and use that. And like when it's like, okay, it's time to pull the pin. And if they say, oh, I don't really have WhatsApp or do whatever, everyone's got it. Shut up. Yes. Uh, and then so move them on. Okay, so we got yeah. we got uh, the walking date. Um, mm-hmm. We've got the, what else do we have? We've got be intentional um, yes. with using the app when you're using it. It Have a good conversation starter. Don't just be have a passive conversation. Um, we have set up your profile, you know, put some intention to it. Don't just like jack around and put the net, the first five pictures on your phone or find, you know, that's that's just a big one. Like, be intentional with your profile. Everyone, if you are are trying, you're on a visual service. You have to have a visual profile that's pleasing. It doesn't mean you have to look like a supermodel, mm-hmm. but we just have to see what you look like and who you are. And um, and then just have a little bit of of hope for who you're meeting and what what's <laughs> happening there. You know, if you look at at dating apps, just like I have as at some point of like, Oh, this is just shit. Everyone's on here. It's just the same old thing over and over. Then you'll get the same old thing over and over. And that's not the result you're wanting. If you want a better result, like put your mind to the possibility that it could be in there. Um, or just, you know, this sounds, well, no, it sounds masculine to me. It sounds harsh coming from a woman, but one of the things that I tell my clients is if you don't like dating apps, at least use them for practice. Like you have an endless pool here of dates you can go on and completely fuck up and then just move on to the next person. Right. Like at least get yourself some confidence and go out on these random dates. And then when you meet them in the grocery store on the quinoa aisle, you'll have, you know, the confidence because you've already had all of these conversations. Feminine hygiene and erectile erectile dysfunction (laughs) aisle. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I got, I got a couple of things that I've come up with recently, actually, that have popped up in my head. So um, one of them is another concept from pickup artistry, which is called Mm -hmm. assume attraction. Mm-hmm. and assume attraction is exactly as it says on the tin that you are the prize so that's mm-hmm. the subheading assume attraction is the concept and you are the prize mm-hmm. is the subheading what it means is that you need to go into a, a situation with it doesn't matter how hot the other person is or how interesting or how intimidating the other person is you mm-hmm. know all of your uniqueness your quirks all of the different life experiences that you have that makes you incredibly unique and this person is just jonathan or leanne or whatever it might be like they're just a person you are you Mm -hmm. you have all of these real different colorful interesting things even if you think that you're boring as hell you're not because you've got 20 30 40 however many years of experiences behind Mm -hmm. you you Mm -hmm. are the prize and if you go into the situation with that in your mind it will come across in the way that you project yourself it will also make you a lot less uh worried about failure or about being rejected treating it as my life comes first and then you will attach onto the side of that you are the prize and it's the equivalent i've got a friend alex o'connor being on this podcast he is a big atheist podcaster and he sat down with richard dawkins the guy that created new atheism and i was like dude he's only 20 years old this kid he's a freak savage crazy clever oxford uni doing philosophy and i was like well you're not well you're not worried 
are you not like nervous or whatever? And he was like, no, no, I was nervous for Richard. Like he's fortunate to get to sit down with me. Yeah. Like my podcast is the thing that, that he's here to be on. I'm not here to be on his show. He's here to be on my show. And as yeah. soon as he, t- he taught me that and I was like, holy shit. And now every guy like Ben Greenfield came on here and I was like, ah, oh, it's fortunate for Ben to be on my show. Ryan Holiday's just confirmed to be on this podcast. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. that's going to be fun for Ryan to be on this show. You know, yeah. like, and that going into it, even if it's, you know that you're kind of gaming it a little bit. There's a, it, your thoughts become the intentions quite quickly, and you're like, "Yeah, actually, I am. I am like a bit of a badass. Like, there's no reason that yes. I should that I shouldn't be like owning this girl who drives a 911 and is in penthouse and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Right, right, exactly. No, that's that's a great perspective to take because if you don't, then you you're coming to it from the perspective of. I don't have enough. So I have to find that extra something that I don't have within you. And that's never, it's never going to work. You're always picking based on an emptiness that you have that you think the other person can fulfill. hundred yeah. percent. Okay. So that's, so if, that's, yeah. that, that's my, that's my first thing. Um, yeah. uh, assume attraction and you are the prize. Um, I've already said like, get yourself out of the app and this goes for guys and girls. I also think that this is why Instagram is, a underused or is a better to use dating app than tinder is now obviously you can't mm-hmm. refine your search criteria as as efficiently but you get sure. to see a lot more of the other person you can work out mutual connections more effectively and also mm-hmm. you're never going to be like the tinder girl or the tinder guy you'll right, just be the right. instagram girl or the instagram guy which again actually yeah. it just raises that level of conversation up just a little bit more it makes you think ah oh, well this is this is kind of kind of a little bit more normal. Uh, I said that I was going to give my um, my favorite book, and this would be really cool for you to actually get um, most common dating errors that you see from guys and girls and then any resources and stuff like that, and obviously like your own stuff for sure. Sure, But sure. for me, for girls, I'm sorry. I, I think I, on the whole, I think girls are pretty good daters. I think that you're always going to say this, right? But like I, I think that guys guys just suck at dating. Like I, 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 I've, I'm friends with too many young lads to know to to even believe that guys are, are competent at dating they just suck right um yeah and, and the like there's some guys are pigs including me um at times in my past not now obviously angel but of course uh, my, my favorite book models by mark manson so it's the first mm. book that he ever wrote and it was how to attract women through honesty which has a depending on where you're coming from it uh, looking at it it could be like a real uh mincy kind of like fluffy title or uh-huh. a, a really transactional like that's kind of mean title uh but it's it's just how do you as a guy maximize who you are to a girl it lays out a really robust framework of neediness which he thinks is the prime driver of um attraction in relationships how needy one person is and how the other is and it maps mm. pretty accurately to reality so models by mark manson if you listen to the audiobook uh there's an updated version which is about six hours long on audible and it is it's awesome i'll link it it'll be i'll, I'll put it in the show notes below in fact mark manson uh, i'll put it in the show notes below if you want to go and pick it up uh bonus round david dada the way of the superior man now that mm. is a little bit more woo-woo-y. It talks a lot about masculine and feminine energies and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably an interesting read, more of an interesting read for girls than uh, models is. But Way the Superior Man it very much talks about how as a man you should be uh, 
the principles that you should be leading your life by, basically. There's some intergender dynamics and some relationship stuff in there, but there's other stuff mm-hmm. to do with how you deal with relationship uh, and career challenges, how you deal with moving into a new epoch of your life and all this sorts of stuff. So mm-hmm. that's my, I don't have a big, a big repository of dating advice, which potentially I should do given the fact, as I've said, that I'm, my, my dating life's sort of fairly terrible. Um, but I'm going <laughs> to give the floor to you. So what, first up, what are the main errors you see girls making when they try and date? I think it is being either too agreeable. Like I just have to give everything to this person. I'll do whatever this person wants. I'm going to completely change who I am or act a different way. And just not standing in your confidence and your worth and, and feeling like you have to change or show up in a certain way to be what that person wants or desires or needs. Um, I, you know, that, it's just, it's just part of the way that we women are brought up and, but you can reprogram it. If you notice it, you can reprogram it. Um, and oh geez, what are some other ones? I think leaning too not leaning too far towards your masculine or your feminine side. Right. Um, I think that that can be in relationships for women. That can be something that's a little bit, um, detrimental because either you're trying to like stand your ground and say, no, I'm this person. You have to, you have to do whatever I want. And then you, Mm. you're just a bitch Mm. or you are the other way and you're too agreeable to someone or you're always like, uh, that's more of on the, in the psychology side, that's more of you're the, you're the, um, oh geez, I'm losing my words now. Um, you're the anxious attached person, right? You're like, you'll do whatever that other person wants because you need their love from them so bad. Neither of those polarities are actually that enjoyable to be around as a guy. I can't speak speak about what guys are like in that relation for girls, but as a guy, um, it feels like whoever it is, is playing a role. Now that could be your true personality. You could be the 99th out of 100 agreeable person or you could be the 99 out of 100 disagreeable person that could be you yeah the fact that there's so little nuance to -hmm. the way that you operate the fact that like everything that i say is rebutted with well i don't agree with that i don't think that that's right or like a scathing comment or you know, like it, whatever it is, if it's just, if I can ask you a question, this is the, mm-hmm. this is the fucking heuristic. I've worked it out. Um, this is a heuristic to use. If I can ask you a question and I can predict your answer before you answer it, mm. that's it. And think yeah. about, think about some of the people that you've spoken to recently. If you're single, uh, obviously if you're not single, like get off this, get off this podcast, like your partner <laughs> will find out. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, think about the, the last few people you've been speaking to. Like, can you predict their answers? Can you ask them a question mm-hmm. or say, like, say something, make a statement to them? And can you kind of ballpark guess where their answer is going to be? And if they can't, if you can, like, what are you doing? Like, that's the yeah. same. That is the same as dating a ventriloquist's dummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. For sure, man. And, and it just shows, it just goes to show that that's that person saying they're marrying what they think is going to be satisfying for you right and sorry you heard it before like guess what it we we've both been in that in that situation (laughs) and it's so bullshit where we're just performing for the other person and when you find the person that is your person i just have to believe that it's like two fingers like folding hands if you can't if you're not watching video it's like you're folding your hands in prayer they just like fit together and you don't have to do this like performative bullshit that you've been doing your entire life 
And, you know, I'll, I'll just wrap back to what I said in the first part that I really want to drive home that if you find that you are keep continuing to attract the same type of person, you have to ask yourself, what is it that person is mirroring to me that I'm supposed to be seeing that the universe is like, hello, sister, hello, brother. Like we've shown you this five times. We're reflecting right to you what you need to friggin' fix in yourself. And you are ignoring it time after time. Like if you keep attracting that same frustrating, undesirable you know, deal breaker characteristic, ask yourself how that is in you or how you're asking for that because it's safe. It's you, you hit the nail on the head before that you are the common denominator. Absolutely. You are. So reading Mark Manson's models, there's two red pills that are almost, they're so large that I almost couldn't swallow them. So the first one, the first one was, it was essentially that, that you are the common denominator in all of your relationship failings. Um, Mm -hmm. like, People that say, guys that say, and I've been, I've been like sub- subject of this as well. I, I, I do it or did it. Um, where you say all of the girls in my town are bitches. Mm-hmm. All of the girl or every, the entire female population in your town that all of them are bitches. Yes. Mm, no. No, it, it yeah. all the girls you meet are bitches mm-hmm. or all of the girls respond to you in a way which makes them seem like bitches. That is yeah. the trick. And that's the same for girls as well. If you say, oh, do you know what it is? All the, all the guys in, in my city, they're just all fuckboys. I need to move to, like, it's Italy. Like if I was in Rome, none of this. And that's the, that's the myth. The myth is mm-hmm. I've got to move out of my small Your town, big city. Yeah whatever country it is to find myself mm-hmm. x a, a guy that has this a girl that does that they're just mm-hmm. not open-minded enough they're not free-flowing enough they're too this they're too they don't have any dreams they don't have any goals you're like you are the common denominator here and yeah that, fuck that hurts to swallow like yep. the fact that it you are the does. architect of your own misery <laughs> it is well that reminds me of I'm going to give you two examples because I know we probably need to wrap up. But for that, I will say as someone who has moved across state, you know, two states away to kind of like reinvent my life. The thing that you have to remember is wherever you go, there you'll be. It's one of my favorite quotes because <laughs> yeah. you cannot get away from yourself and your own self. I brought it with problem. me. I thought I'd yes. left it. <laughs> I thought it was gone. No. And, you know, something that's a little bit nuanced about doing this inventory of who you dated before, I will tell you the thing that I found that was a common denominator that was weird and it really made me have to do a lot of self-reflection. So some of them can be quite obvious, but some of them you might have to dig a little deeper. And one for me was every man who I've had a significant relationship with he has been just recently coming out of another significant relationship, unwittingly done by me. Like I wasn't sitting there like, oh, you just got out of a relationship. Great. You're freed up. Let's go on a date. That wasn't my MO. Some of it I didn't even know until we were involved, but there was something in me that as like a fixer or something was attracting someone who needed to feel safe or needed to, you know, whatever it was that they were looking for. I haven't quite deconstructed that yet. So listeners, if you, if you want to help me out here, do that. But there's, that's mind blowing, like every person coming out of a significant relationship. And so that just says there's something in me that I need to work out that is stops attracting that. And so I have a book for that. 
So let me tell you my book recos. So one is it's not a dating book at all. Guys and girls could use this, um, men and women, you might even say for the older crowd listening. Um, it's called Dark Side of the Light Chasers, and it is all about shadow work. And I think that your listeners are probably self-actualized enough to do this type of work. And it's really just drilling down to what are those things in my psyche and my and my own self-identification that I am hiding from and avoiding that if I could face it, I could really change what I'm attracting in my life. And, you know, for me, I think that if I can solve that one, I'll know why I attracted all of these guys that are just out of a relationship. But it, it goes into so many other areas. Um, then two other books I'll recommend just on just really getting yourself in the right place. Women, um, one that I really love is a book called, by Marianne Williamson called um, A Woman's Worth super good um, book for gals. It's a really short read too. It's like a teeny tiny book. And then just for everyone in terms of personal development and, and possibility, my favorite book ever is Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. And that's what started my personal development journey. And I can't recommend that enough as just like an eye-opening look into self-actualization. I haven't read any of those. I hadn't heard Man. of any of well, those. Don't, maybe don't read a woman. Worth you probably could skip that one, but the other two you need to read. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's awesome. It's so cool yeah. when you find like when you hear from someone, this is the book that changed my life, and you're like, I I didn't even know that it existed. Never even heard of it. Yeah. Never yeah. even heard of it. Wow. Um. Oh, so here's my here was the second red pill. Actually, we'll we'll finish on that, and then I want you to tell everyone yeah. where they can check out your stuff because you're mm -hmm. awesome. Um, uh, the second red pill that I had to swallow was to do with state changes and the sense you have and the excuses that you make before meeting someone, going to spend time with someone, perhaps going home with someone, and it's a defense mechanism. It's an evolutionarily programmed defense mechanism. And the, the reason it hurt me so bad was because I've been reading tons of Eve Psych recently, evolutionary biology, and mm -hmm. I thought I had this stuff down. And I was like, I understand why pride's there. Holy shit, I understand why I feel good when I'm working. And oh my God, I understand what loneliness is. That's what that is and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh no, this is so much more pervasive than you thought. It is everything. So that basically, if you are a guy or a girl and you can think back to a time where perhaps you have been having either a, a serious or a casual um, encounter with someone who's either existing or new, probably actually, no, only someone who's new or realistically only someone that's new. And um, you felt some sort of resistance come up in why you shouldn't go over to their house, let them over to your house, go on the date, mm -hmm. do the thing. And the front of your brain has given you this really logic. Well, maybe I'm just not that attractive. Oh, I'm so tired. I got this knee ache. I got this, like, it's re it's my, it's the outside of my knee, you know, like the kind of the back, like you just come up with these things. You rationalize mm -hmm. these reasons, mm -hmm. but it's not, it's like, you are attracted to this person. You were attracted mm -hmm. to this person previously. You've been attracted to them for ages. Maybe you've even thought about getting physical with them in the past. Mm-hmm why now are you somehow talking yourself out of it? And it is this fear of state change. We like yeah. being in the cave that we know. Yes. We know, we know this cave's safe. The one next mm -hmm. door, that might, that might be a saber tooth tiger in there. Fuck that. I don't want to mm -hmm. go in there. It's like, yeah. there's not a saber tooth tiger in there. There is just a guy or a girl in a bed and mm -hmm. you need to, 
be aware of that. You need to know, right, okay, am I saying I'm not attracted to them, my knee hurts too much, I'm tired, work's going to start in the morning? Or is it is that because you have a fear of going to see them? Or is it more genuine than that? Is this, okay, rubber meets the road time now, like I really need to work out whether or not I'm sufficiently physically attracted sure. to them. Um, yeah. But I like looking back, the number of times where, and you think like, oh, guys should just be hot to trot all the time. Um, mm-hmm. The number of times where I've been like, oh, some excuse on WhatsApp, I like because don't know, didn't right. have, didn't have a reason, just yeah. did it, just did it, and I'm like, yeah. And I was in Tesco car park, Tesco car park in Kenton. It was only a couple of weeks ago when I listened to this bit of models from Mark Manson, and I I was like walking around in this daze reflecting on all of the different times where I've done that to myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you dick. <laughs> you absolute dick. Like just talking to my the, my own amygdala, like just trying to speak to the base <laughs> of my own brain, like you. And it just had me. I was like, that's it. I've said, I've come up with so many excuses so many times. I don't, I can't see you, don't want to see you, what do this thing? Or like, I'll, I'll just say one happened another time or whatever it is. And it's just... Mm-hmm fear of change that's it right yeah the misery that you're in is is more you know it you know what that feels like so it's much better than like the misery that you could be in somewhere else that's unknown um one more book recommendation and for that with um relationships this is a old school book but it's still super relevant it's called conscious loving by gay and katie Hendricks, and they discuss kind of like pleasure limits and upper limits that you have in your relationship where you won't like oh well if i let myself achieve happiness then it's only that easier to get like dragged back down and be hurt again um it's it's a really good book it kind of focuses on people in relationships but you can still read it as a single person and get a lot out of it that's awesome amanda this this has been really fun we've been talking about doing it for ages i want to get you back on um so uh girls think that you're cool they want to work with you i know that you own do you still only work with girls at the moment i only work with women yeah it's just easier for me honestly um and I work with women who specifically are alcohol-free or sober curious. Um, if you want to hear more about the dating stuff that I'm into, I have a whole course on dating. Honestly, guys could purchase it too. I just wouldn't work with you one-on-one. Um, the dating course you can find on my site, authentically Amanda forward slash mindful dating. Um, and it's it goes through everything we went through here, but in so much more detail of how I want you to be intentional, how I want you to grow and improve your self-worth so you can be the partner that you want to call in and then how you interact on dating apps and in the world, real world, how to set up your profile, like all that stuff it's all like laid out in there with plenty of exercises and explanation you got all the cheat codes in there as well all the best yes, openers yes. all that sort yes, of stuff yes my best opener it is in there never it. fails I never fails it. that's so good look amanda everything that we've spoken about amanda's fantastic socials will be linked below like, i can't i can't sing your praises enough you've been awesome you've been doing some cool stuff recently in the sober community and it's so nice as well like i think we've both spoken about this privately but um to see someone who is from that side of the community but also is really pushing the envelope in other areas like okay so how can i how can i use the insights that i've gained from my personal development and my growth to make girls better at dating or to mm-hmm. be better wives or better mothers or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so sick. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, uh, tell me and I'll get Amanda back on. We've got, as you can tell, we're just like buddies chatting away. So, you know, we can do this all day. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for your time. It's been oh, sick. thank you. It's been such a pleasure.